We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to episode two of the Swider Show. Uh, I thought after a very successful episode one, Patty, uh, what, what do you think about episode one? I, I feel like a seasoned vet now, honestly, <laughs> having one under our belt. Um, but no, seriously, I think we got to first of all thank Adam and Jake for making it sound super good. Big um, time. Like I said in the first episode, very miniature microphone. Uh, we definitely sound a little bit more professional than I anticipated, which was a very pleasant surprise. So thanks to those two for that. Yeah, obviously last episode we, we went through uh, just just some of the things that uh, I've gone through in this past couple of time. We went over Patty, and I think he's just kind of a, kind of funny. You know what I mean? The, the, yeah. We finally got out of the group chat. We talked about definitely. Jim a little bit, how, how Jim right. is going to be a part of it. and uh, I'm just excited. I'm excited for where it's going. And yeah. uh, just some of the stats from this last week is – it's crazy. I mean, one of our uh, producers, Jake Sheridan, is going to start doing the stat of the week. So, so Jake, let, yeah, let's hear the stats Sheridan. of the week real quick. Sheridan's, Sheridan's stat of the week. All right. So, yeah, I guess I'm the stat of the week guy now. I figured that one out about 10 minutes ago. Thanks, guys. Got to, you know, really prepare for this. But going off last week's episode, our stat of the week is that on day one, we debuted at number – 205 in basketball category on Apple Podcasts, and then we ended wow. up peaking at number 14 in basketball podcasts for the United States. So, wow, USA is lovely. You know? I'm hoping we can branch out more, get bigger in those other countries. You know, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> well, um, I mean, that I will say, I'll, my my feedback that sorry to cut you off. The feedback that I got individually was. Um, Everyone loved it. That might have been a little bit biased because it was mostly my very close friends and my family. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I thought we did. I thought we did a good job. It was uh, pretty funny. People tuned us tuned in to just hear us spew back and forth. But thought it went great. Yeah, no, for sure. I, like, like I would say, I just like to thank all the listeners for tuning in. Uh, obviously, yep. all the people who um, Lakers fans, Syracuse fans, people from Scranton. You know what I mean? Our families. Yep. I mean, I, I think it was just a, a big success. And like I said, we're just super excited to keep on going um, along with this podcast. But uh, yeah. 
I think I thank you too. I mean, the the episode was was 50 minutes of you, so the fact that it did well mean, means people are interested in your life. So thank you, Swider. Yeah, I think I think this section of the the podcast will just be probably just talking about our last week and everything like that. Patty, how, yeah. how was your last week? It was it was solid. Work went well. Um, Notre Dame won, which was good. The Eagles are playing currently, which I think they're up seven nothing right now. We 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 record on Monday, so this is Monday Night Football. I just went on record saying they're the best team in the NFC. But um, yeah, my my week was good. How was your week? My week was good, man. Just another week in the gym. Another week just getting yep. ready for uh, training camp and everything going forward. Um, like I said, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you, t- you got to take it one day at a time and not try and rush things. You know, I mean, everyone's excited for the yeah. way uh, this this kind of preseasons went from summer league to kind of moving forward. But I mean, just another week in the gym, another week just getting ready and just looking forward to this weekend and, and kind of just getting with the team. Yeah. Are you getting settled in out there in L.A.? Like, do you feel like an L.A. guy now, or are you still an East Coast boy at heart? Definitely East Coast guy at heart, but, I mean, L.A.'s, yeah. been, LA's been great. I mean, it's such a different type of culture, and it's one of those things you kind of you kind of get used to over time. But I've, I've had a couple of people come out here and visit me, and it, it, it's been fun, man. It's been fun for sure. Yeah, I'll be there at some point. Um, yeah. But kind of in line with that question, we wanted to thank the people who reached out to the Gmail, submitted some questions. Uh, we got a handful this past week. Like we said in all of our Instagram captions, all of our tweets, and like I said like three times on the last episode, make sure you follow us on all platforms, Instagram, Twitter, at Swider Show, and our Gmail is Swider Show at Gmail. Um, but sort of similar to the question I just asked, we had a question from Roger, who we really appreciated. Sheridan has his stat of the week. I think we're going to give our other producer, Adam Lewis, the, the duty of asking the mailbag question of the week weekly. So, Adam, take it away. All right. So the first ever mailbag question on the Cole Swider show is a great one from Roger. He asks, what's it like to be playing for the Lakers, even though you grew up in New England? Um, does it feel weird to be viewed as an opponent of Boston sports? I thought that was a good question. That's a, that's a great question. Very I, I good mean, question from Roger. Yeah, Roger's an educated guy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I, I mean, especially growing up my whole entire life being a Boston sports fan, it's definitely weird being a Laker. But at the end of the day, I, it's just amazing to be a part of such a great franchise, great organization. Right. I, I would I would argue the Celtics, Knicks, and Lakers are the three top organizations in terms of notoriety in, in the NBA. So, so, so being a part of the, one of those three – teams and obviously all the publicity you get from playing with LeBron and everything like that it's it does feel weird you know I mean my dad grew up a Celtics fan my grandfather would probably be rolling over his grave right now if he yeah. was a part of the <laughs> Lakers but maybe of, of excitement too but yeah. um, it, it's just one of those things where it does feel a little weird because you grow up cheering for KG Paul Pierce and right. uh, Ray Allen but at the same time I'm so thankful and blessed to be part of the Lakers and my parents will gladly put on Lakers gear now yeah, so. I was gonna say it goes without saying. Like you could switch colors pretty quick for the for the situation you're in. So, I remember uh, Pat Connaughton this year during the playoffs. He talked about how he grew up in Boston his whole life, and they asked him, "Would you ever imagine yourself hitting the game-winning free throws against yeah. Boston?" And, <laughs> and kind of shutting that out. He's like, "Man, I mean, you grow up dreaming to play the Celtics, but it's almost sweeter to kind of t- to do it to them." You know what I mean? But kind of kind of in line with that, I think it's sort of a good segue, I guess, to our inaugural guest of the Swider Show, who we just finished up an interview with, buddy. 
it's about an hour long. Um, we chop it up and stuff. It might be a little bit shorter, but um, he had a workout to get to. It, honestly, Swider, I felt like we could have gone for three or four hours. Oh, it was unbelievable. I think yeah. Buddy's Buddy's obviously an amazing guy, extremely hard worker. He's worked for everything he got, and he kind of just got into that story a little bit, being obviously Coach Coach Beheim's son and a Hall of Fame coach. Mm-hmm. In my in my opinion, a top five basketball uh, college basketball coach of all time. Just him oh, being definitely. his son and. I think and, that's and, just and, a fact. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. And I, I think just just what Buddy's kind of gone through may have not been uh, something that was particularly a hard life, but a, a hard basketball yep. life for sure. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And and Buddy definitely prevailed through those times. And obviously he's in the NBA now doing killing it with Detroit. Yeah. So right. it was great to have him on and kind of just go through the some stories of this past year and uh, just kind of start off our podcast with Buddy. Yeah, I think it was a perfect first guest, honestly. Um, you know, like you said, he gets in gets in everything really. Like, you kind of start from the beginning of his life, work through his basketball journey, and um, anyone you mentioned it in the interview, but anyone who's met Buddy knows he's like the nicest, goofiest, most laid back guy. So I think that that kind of comes through in the interview. It went really well. So yeah, like I said, nicest guy in the world, and um, I think we're just gonna <laughs> kind of segue this right into the interview. So. Thank you guys for for tuning in for this episode, and we can't wait for you guys to hear this interview yep. with Buddy. So, here we go. Welcome, Buddy. Welcome, Buddy, to the Swider Show. I really appreciate you coming on. Obviously, um, me, you, and Patty had a really close relationship last year, so uh, thanks for coming on and being our first guest. Yeah, of course, guys. It's an honor. Obviously, you guys are my, my guys, for sure. Again, really close last year. Only spent one year together, but, you know, that, that bond will be forever, for sure. So, thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, I feel like we're kind of figuring out the inaugural guest here. Obviously, I interviewed Swider last week, but that doesn't count as a guest because it is the Cole Swider show. So I feel like this is the perfect direction to go in. Uh, a lot to talk about, a lot to get into. Um, try not to keep it too formal, as I'm sure a lot of listeners can know. It's, it's sort of an awkward thing, Swider, like interviewing your friend. You know what I mean? Like sitting down and being yeah. like, okay, so like tell me about this point in your life. So, um, yeah, it should be fun. Excited to get going here, and uh, yeah, again, thanks for coming. Yeah, and uh, it's funny. I mean, I mean, obviously, we only sp- all of us only spent one year together, but I feel like the year was obviously a lot of ups and downs and everything like that. But we we created like a real brotherhood in that one year. And one thing that that I told that I talked to Patty about last week is like I think one of the things that we connected so so quickly on was just like, our work ethic. You know what I mean? Yeah. We all got in the gym. We all did those extra things. And first thing I want to ask you, bud, is like, where do you kind of get that from? You know what I mean? Because you, you, you came from a household where it was like, all right, like you didn't have to work for everything you got. But where, where do you get that from? Yeah, man, I think I just had it ever since I was young, really. I just love to work hard. I love seeing the results. Um, I think I just love being in the gym right away. I think I liked that more than playing in games at first, just like being in the gym, grinding, getting, you know, having a couple friends to go work out with. And I kind of just fell in love with that right away. And then, you know, working out at the practice facility at the Mellow Center and working with Kabilis and G-Mac a little and Eric Devendorf when I was in sixth, seventh grade, I just started to fall in love with it with it even more. And uh, yeah, then getting to college, obviously just, just kept going. And, you know, you two, you and Patty are also, you know, two of the hardest workers I've seen. You specifically, Cole, obviously shows. But, whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> hey, you ready? Patty, it's show for you too. I'm, no, not, no, I'm, no, not. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm no, Patty, Patty, you too for sure. I mean, obviously, <laughs> you know, my I think 
top five walk-on ever if not you know top yeah no we'll get into that we'll get, we'll into, get that. into that for sure but no i'm just kidding obviously <laughs> you guys put me to shame in the work ethic and the skills category but um real quick obviously i mean with having you on the show everyone in syracuse has known you your entire life you've grown up with syracuse you're like obviously i mean the Bayheims are syracuse in a lot of ways talk about your work ethic growing up jimmy has gotten so much love on this podcast already we're going to ask a question right off the bat I feel like a very relatable thing for siblings growing up, especially you guys are a year apart, is playing one-on-one, being super competitive. Do you have one, like, hilarious or funny story where you can point to where it's like, this is where, like, maybe it was the first time you beat Jimmy. It's the time you guys fought. I'm sure that happened a lot. Oh, my gosh, like he, yeah. yeah. I mean, oh, my, yeah, that's probably also where I got my work ethic. Yeah, exactly. exactly. You guys know Jimmy, and you know he's, like, like my dad, he's, probably the most stubborn person you'll ever meet and he won't you know he won't give you anything he's not gonna let you win anything and as a kid especially it was worse than ever and uh we would have my dad ref our games on a little tight soup and we would get into a shoving match every time I'd just turn into tackling or fighting we'd yell at my dad and stuff and then I remember one time uh he he beat me and he was going to pick up the ball by the by the window outside and it was like kind of broken already and i just pushed him out the window like glass <laughs> fell on him like just right out the window i was i was done with him and oh my god we had a playroom and it had a couple holes in the wall stuff like that but you know i'm surprised it, it never no no nothing had to go to the hospital ever but uh it, it was pretty it was pretty serious and uh yeah my parents would have to break it up every time and it, it got to yeah. the point where we just stopped playing honestly yeah we got definitely. too bad and you know it, even if we play video games or anything we can't do that anymore because it just it turns into a fight and we won't we won't talk to each other for a week yeah i mean that's i mean that's typical jim that's typical <laughs> oh, yeah exactly yeah, I'm, sure, I'm sure he handled that well. i remember beating him growing up and he like he would cheat to make it so he, he i couldn't win uh -huh. like game was well, 11 yeah. i got 11 it was oh it was one by three you know one by four or something the new rule and we'd keep playing all oh, we're going to 15 and he would win some he would win and then he'd stop and he'd be like all right and that's exactly how my dad was. We'd play a board game, and if I beat him, we'd have to play again until he won the series. <laughs> or if I beat him in ping pong, we we didn't play. Uh, we wouldn't play again. I don't think we've played in ten years since since <laughs> the last time I beat him. I mean, you gotta be like that, though. I have I have both roles as the little sibling and older sibling. When you're the older sibling, it's like I'm not I'm not losing this game. Like you just gotta figure out you gotta figure out an excuse or just keep playing until you win. Yeah, no, I I learned that the hard way over and over again. But I mean, he would beat me in one on one, and I would stay downstairs and I would stay in the gym for another hour and say, "All right, I'm you know he's resting now, he's satisfied, but I'm gonna catch him one day, and you know we'll we'll see what happens." But he, you know, he really motivated me a lot as a kid, and I, I thank him for that because it definitely helped. Right, definitely helps your growth. But screw Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> So, so, buddy, talk about how a little bit, like, going from middle school to high school, like, obviously that decision, the decision to go to JD, and then after that, just kind of going from there and and uh, just how you got better over the years. Yeah, I mean, it was a process for me. I mean, growing up, um, I really wasn't – I was never the best player, never really – you know, I had a ways to go, and I think I knew that early on. Um you know, playing seventh and eighth grade, I played with a local team. We had, you know, five or six Division One players: uh, Charles Pride, Mike Adams Woods, 
Um, a couple other guys that were pretty Samir. good. Samir was Samir was one a year younger, but he was playing with us. We had a good we had a good area for players and talent. And I you know I wasn't wasn't quite there yet. I knew it was gonna be a while, but a process. So I mean, really, just you know, over the years, I came off the bench on my AU teams, and then. You know, once I got to high school, I started getting better, started working out with the team. I would go, you know, at six in the morning and work out with G-Mac and, and Frank and Tyus and, you know, work out with Kabilis after for an hour. And then Eric, you know, I was working as hard as I could. And um, I, I wasn't too worried about where I was at. I said, you know, if it, hopefully it will work out and we'll see. Didn't really, you know, have any plans or goals at the time. But, you know, my dad just said, work hard and, and you'll be a good player one day. And that's really all he ever had to tell me. And I said, all right, we'll see. We'll see what that that advice can get me. And then really my, my sophomore to junior year in high school, I really took a big leap and, you know, got player of the year in the area for, for my high school team. Went to, you know, final four for states and, then that summer, I really took a leap. I went from, you know, playing five minutes a game on the, the Nike circuit with the Albany City Rocks to starting and, you know, average 13, 14 a game at Peach Jam, shooting, you know, 40, 50% uh, from three that year. And, you know, just coaches coming up to my dad saying, you know, you got to take him or he can, play, he can play at a high level, he can play at Syracuse. And, you know, those were some pretty cool conversations, pretty cool moments because it did take five or six years of hard work to really get get to, you know, a guy that, that was a good player and could play somewhere and uh, play at Syracuse, most importantly. So I never really envisioned myself playing at Syracuse growing up, but I, I just, you know, worked hard. I felt like you said, I fell in love with it and I wasn't too stressed about, you know, where I was going to be at in a month or two months, three months. I said, all right, we'll take it year by year. So, you know, every summer I would grind and really take advantage of the summers. And then that next season, I would kind of show a growth and, and leap each year. But it was definitely a process, a long one, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. You know, it, was, it showed me that, you know, patience and hard work it can, you know, get you just about anywhere. And uh, it was a fun, fun little journey growing, going through high school and getting to this point. So your freshman year, you were on JV, right, at, at JD? Yep. To tell, you, we've talked about this story a couple of times, but tell us about the story about uh, you're in the state playoffs as a freshman. You get, you're get you sitting on the bench of varsity, and then your coach just randomly throws you in the game in the state playoffs. So, tell yeah, us yeah. about that. Yeah, it was actually like a big playoff game. Um, you know, we were – I just got moved up for it was probably my first week, uh, like second week up on the varsity team. They moved up two guys. They would do it every year and stuff like be around the older guys and kind of just be there, you know, and, and be around the team and learn, get ready for the next year. And uh, it was this, you know, I, didn't, I hadn't played yet. I wasn't playing much. I wasn't expecting to play. <laughs> I just kind of have, you know, it was cool being there and being with my brother who was there at the time and uh you know we had a pretty good team uh little adrian autry was on the team and uh we're playing and we're it's probably like we're down two or three in the first half and i think we're playing a team Cortland, and they throw a zone at us and for some reason there's like there, there's probably like a minute left in the first half and you know our coach goes to the end of the bench and, or i hear you know three coaches yell down buddy and like it has to relay about to eight other guys because I'm in the last seat on the bench, like 12 guys down. And, you know, I remember the guys next to me are like, like, buddy, like, 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 do they mean me? And like, I'm like, all right. I, are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. I stand up, look at the coaches, like, come on. And 
you know, the student section goes crazy. Everyone's like, yeah, like, let's go. And I was, I was like, this is, this is wild. And I get in the game and, you know, get, get a swing pass and uh, pass it back and get up and down a couple of times and come out. But yeah, that was my first moment really in a high school game. And uh, it was, it was one of the crazier things. I think, you know, after that, I was like, all right, this is. Did you get one up or not? Didn't get one up, no. Oh, wow. I got a look. That's a bit shocking, if I'm being honest. Yeah. <laughs> it is now, it is now, but I probably would have airballed. I was, no, yeah, when you're a freshman, yeah. I think my hands were swinging. I didn't even look at the rim. I was just, you know, yeah. quick swing, give it back, and get comfortable, look good, and then, you know, sub out. I remember my first high school game at, at, at my public school. We were playing, like, our rival team. It was, the, like, literally like an injury fun game. And uh, I got it the first time. I shot it, and it went over the rim. Like air ball, it was like this six four kid on it, just threw it up there, air ball. Right, that's exactly like, what that's what would have happened. I was like, please, but like I'm not doing this. Like that, I hated that, especially as a freshman in high school. I was like, no way. Yeah, yeah, yeah I was just worrying about warm ups when I was a freshman in high school. Varsity, right. but <laughs> um, but I mean, you kind of t- uh, touched on this, but I feel like a question you probably get a lot is. The conversation you had when you're with your dad when he actually offered you the scholarship. So like, was that just you guys were at your house and he's like, "So, bud, like, do you want to play for me?" Or was it was it a more formal thing? That was like the craziest thing ever because like it happened and then like you know ten thirty minutes later I was like, "Wait, did he just like ask like offer yeah. to play time with that?" So like, yeah, he like texted. Do I tweet this? Do yeah. I tweet this? <laughs> <laughs> it was it was so like it was so ham if you know him. He's just so subtle and yeah. he's not gonna like you know, he's just gonna keep it short and you're gonna be like, All right, he could mean this or that. Like I don't I'm not yeah. sure. He's very straightforward though, and this was uh you know, so I think Red at first he offered me at an open gym, he was just like, you know, I think it was after Gonzaga offered me or something. He's like, So are you on the Gonzaga or here? And I'm like, <laughs> like I don't have an offer. I was like I was like, do y'all want me to come here? Like, I always like, yes, you have an offer. Like, he said that, like, I should already know that. So I was like, okay. And then, Buddy, like, are you kidding three, me? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> a week or two later, uh, we're actually going. He, my dad's driving me. I think we're going to Mellow that day or work out or go to practice. And he's like, you know, so, like, so what are you thinking? Like, do you want to come play at Syracuse? And I was like, I don't know. I, you know, I mean, yeah, if I, if you, yeah, if you insist, yeah, you want, like, yeah, if it, if that's okay. And he's like, yeah, yeah, we can, what, well, yeah, for sure. And I was like, he really just said, like, yeah, of course. And then, like, kept driving and that was it. Like, that yeah. was, that was it. Um, but he, you know, he was happy about it because the assistants went up, to, went to him at, you know, during, uh, that summer and we were like you know we want buddy we think he can come help us yeah you know my dad was more most thrilled about that that he didn't that you know right push it on, on anyone and they they noticed that and that meant a lot to me and they wanted me to take an official visit and do all that stuff so that was cool but uh yeah and it was the most jim Beheim offer ever for yeah. to me it was you know yeah, yeah come are you gonna come play here or what like yeah, I couldn't see it going any other way. <laughs> yeah. People are so curious about it. About a one-minute conversation. That's hilarious. Oh, you're like torn mellow on your official visit. It's like, yeah, I've been here a million times. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm in Red's office. I'm in my dad's office. And, you know, we're just, we're, you know, I had no expectations for what <laughs> what I was getting into. But, you know, it was, it was a great four years. And, you know, it was the greatest, greatest four years of my life. Yeah. 
Hey, let's, let's go back. What went into your decision not to reclass at Brewster going into that last year? Because obviously, guys in the North, your brother did a PG year. I reclassed in high school. What went into that decision? Was that just like a – like, talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, honestly, if I did another year of public school, I would have did, did another year of – you know, I probably would have went to Brewster then the next year. But uh, my dad just felt like I was – you know, I was ready. I, you know, I was going to get a great year at Brewster. I was going to play against, you know, six or seven, eight Division One players every day. And just getting, getting that experience really helped me, I think, um, get ready for college because, you know, playing in, you know, public school and you're not playing against a lot of guys – it's not going to help as much than playing against these guys every day. So he kind of felt, okay, you know, I need this still, and it's going to help me. And what I was able to do that summer, I think, really helped and showed that I can I can play against, you know, with the top guys. I'm an elite shooter, and uh, that's what, you know, they needed. And uh, I think that that year helped a lot and just being around the guys. I mean, I was, I was working out with them for the last two years. So I was playing pickup. I was in the weight room with them on the court with them so they kind of knew that you know i had already kind of showed moments here and there that i could play and uh, could help out them help out the team and you know that kind of went into that but i think if i did another year of public school i would have thought about it more but that year at brewster really helped just get me ready for college and and help me as much as possible for that because i think honestly i mean you probably would have been ranked the top 100 player if you were to do another year. You know what I mean? I mean, obviously, it worked out great. <laughs> right. It worked out great. But, I mean, my, my thing, like, that, that just would have been my thought of, like, all right, like, let's let's see. But, no, that, obviously, it, you're a hard worker. Obviously, you did all the right things. And you were able to play as a freshman at Syracuse, too. So, it's not like you, t- you took a step, step back in anything. Right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, those rankings, you know, my dad would always say, you know, I should be, I think after Pete Sham too, I think I was honorable mention and had a great summer. You know, I, I mean, I think I was 349. I think I could have been a little better than that. And, you know, I, I think that was. <laughs> I think I might have been ahead of you. <laughs> Patty, you probably were right up. You probably up there. But up. No, I don't know. I don't even know if I had any stars, but. uh I think they just gave me it when I committed to Syracuse. They just gave me three stars. They, yeah, they're like, oh, we got to throw some at this kid, yeah. Yeah, they can't have me getting zero stars. But, yeah, I mean, it worked out, and I've always been mm-hmm. kind of an underdog, and I think that helped me, if anything, just have a chip on my shoulder. I mean, you know, scouts were saying I was a mid-major player even when I was at Brewster and, you know, right. when I play at Syracuse and this and that. So, you know, that that stuff has always motivated me, and it's kind of – how it's been for me my whole life, just especially with who I am, having a target on my back since I was in fifth, sixth grade with, you know, my right. dad from every game. And, you know, everyone expected me to be some great player, and I wasn't yet and had a ways to go. And just kind of dealing with that ever since then, I've, you know, that that's always been one of my biggest motivators too. Yep. I remember those days playing, you guys would play JB Hoops. And uh, yeah, we, didn't always go too well for you guys, but then we hit, then we hit, then we hit about eighth grade. We hit about eighth grade, and then you guys, I think, took a step up. So, I think that was more Jimmy than me, Patty. I don't think I ever lost. Yeah, well, he would he would have been my grade, but yeah, whichever one of you guys, I was, we were facing, we were we were making light work of you guys. So it was fun. <laughs> that was Jimmy for sure. I don't think <laughs> my team would have not. My team would never yeah. let that happen. <laughs> A bunch uh, of yep. grand guys running around shooting threes. Hey, we were high-level players in, like, fifth grade. Riverfront Sports, we were unbelievable. Smart players, high IQ, play hard. Yep. 
I mean, Swider mentioned your, your freshman year, you ended up playing a lot. Um, you had a lot of success, especially second half of the year. But um, like you said, like growing up with your last name in the area, it's like you had kind of a target on your back and you're playing in front of all these same people. You've been around the program, been to thousands of games as a ball boy. Um, but then all of a sudden, like you're in it, like you're on the team. So I'm sure that was super surreal. It's like, okay, I've grown up looking up to this, and now it's like I can't look up to this anymore. This is my reality. I'm on the team. Like, you have to contribute. So my first thing is I want you to tell the story of your first game at MSG and what happened with your jersey. <laughs> and then more so going to actually, you know, your role and, and kind of like settle into actually being a Syracuse player. Yeah, yeah. Uh, man. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like you said, I mean, just going there being, I think, I never really, you know, I had those moments here and there where I was like, all right, you know, with all the pressure and expectations. But when I got to Syracuse and I really was on the court and stuff, I was like, damn, like, you know, it's it's a lot. There's so many. It's real life, yeah. lot, You know, Syracuse basketball and, uh, you know, the fans, they're passionate. And I love that. And, you know, as a young kid, though, it took, it was a lot of getting used to. And, you know, you were out there, you had to be confident. And I was going to play in there early on. I, I really struggled. Um, I wasn't quite ready for the speed and just, you know, being out there was kind of weird. It was just like, all right, like this doesn't feel like I'd see my mom in the stands and where I'd sit every yeah. every game for 15 years. And now I'm playing in front of 15, 20,000 people and they all know me and watch me grow up. And I think I just tried to, you know, I tried to make every shot. I wanted to be a perfect player out there and I just wasn't close to that yet. I had a ways to go. And so that kind of, you know, messed with me a little and then you know, I started off, I had to start the first two games because Jalen Carey and Frank Howard were right. So, um, yeah. you know, I think I was like, I went like two for 20 in my first two games. And I was like, all right, you know, it's only going to get better from here now. You know, that's yeah. not <laughs> as bad of a start you could have. But, um, Patty, that'll give happens. you hope for men's league. That'll it give you happens. hope for men's league, Patty. Oh, here <laughs> we go. Yeah, that's Patty. Yeah, Patty, we can talk about that in a little. But, uh, no, we don't have to get into that. I mean, it's really not important. We won those games. We didn't lose by 40 at least. That's all I got to say. Wow. <laughs> Listen, the depth perception, the depth perception in these small gyms is tough now. You know what I mean? Like, I'm used to the dome now. It does. There's it, no harder gym to play in than the dome, and then you get to any other gym now. But, uh, yeah, so we go, to, we go to New York City after that, and we're playing UConn, and um, – you know, I'm not starting. Jalen's back and he's starting stuff. So I'm like, all right, you know, I'll be ready. Obviously, Com- confidence is a little down, but uh, you know, then so I don't even realize that my name's spelled wrong. I'm like, because every every game I check every game after that, but every game you have your jersey facing you when you walk into the locker room. You know, 10, 15 minutes before a game, you take it off that way, put it on. So, you know, I'm kind of like shocked I didn't realize like that it was spelled wrong because it looked really bad like compared to what it usually does without the e it was crazy so like i can't believe i didn't realize that and yeah that's not something you like look for though it's not like you're like oh am i gonna see if my yeah right like if, if so Todd Roman doesn't notice it or one of the coaches <laughs> like if todd doesn't notice it then you know not no one else is gonna notice it yeah so i put it on and i'm wearing it and i play in the first half a little i think i make get to the free throw line make one make one out of two for like five, ten, five minutes, and I come out and no, like still, no one tells me. No one says anything. Been on the bench. Um, I have my jersey on still, and then go back in the locker room and I come <laughs> back out, and we're in warm-ups, and you know, then someone's like, 
like is your name like i have my warm-up shirt on too i think you i think Schwarl is our equipment guy said wear your, wear your warm-up he said put it on because i had my jersey on still and yeah when i said put your warm-up on i'm like okay like yeah well, yeah go back out there and i'm like like yo is something wrong with my jersey and like i think adrian the walk adrian jr <laughs> yeah adrian oh, Audrey, yeah. Name spelled wrong like and i'm like you're like you're kidding <laughs> no way we're at MSG, Syracuse, UConn. Out of every player, my name is spelled wrong. Like, we lose the game. Um, we're in the locker room. Our equipment manager, love Danny Schwarz, out Danny, but he's, he's. Yeah, we're not trying to, to throw Schwarz under the bus here. It's just a hilarious, it's a hilarious story. This is on Nike. They, you know, they. Yeah, exactly. Two jerseys both spelled wrong, and Schwarz is all worried that he's going to get fired, like, coming up to me. I'm so sorry. You know, I'm like, I, like, I could care less. That's a crazy thing. Like, yeah. I really didn't care. I thought it was kind of funny. And, you know, I was just more mad about the game than anything. Same with my dad. And, you know, it, kind of, it, it was just something that would never be forgotten. And that was – I was like, all right, this this couldn't have been a crazier start to my college career than this. And, uh yeah, I mean, we ended up auctioning that jersey off at my parents' foundation for about no seven, six, seven thousand. Oh my and god! So went to charity. It was for a good cause. So wow! So it all worked out. Yeah, good work, Schwarz. Yeah, it worked out. Good work, Schwarz. <laughs> and ever since then, I checked my jersey to see if it was spelled right. And you know, the jokes went on ever since then. Every game, mm -hmm. guys would be like, you know, his buddy's name spelled right. Check that. <laughs> check, check it twice. And yeah. I mean, yeah, it was a very, very funny moment, and you know, so I think, I think really everyone was kind of thought it was funny and and just yeah. ironic, very ironic yeah. that that yeah. that name was spelled wrong. Yeah, of all the players I mean, to ever play for your dad, it's like right. <laughs> I don't think like you've ever had a jersey spelled wrong in a game, and then the like one period, yeah, like the coaches who's been there for forty <laughs> for a hundred years. His son, it's it's crazy. Can't make it up. Can't make it up. I mean, one thing about Buddy is that if you guys don't know Buddy, if you guys haven't came in interaction with Buddy, Buddy's the nicest guy in the world. Nicest guy. You know what I mean? Like, he'll, he'll, he'll treat a manager with the most respect. You know what I mean? So, like, for him, I, I, th I, think anyone, I think anyone else would be – pissed about it you know what I mean yeah, but he was probably like, definitely. you know what I mean it's just, it's just an E it's just an E <laughs> yeah just so laid back about it that's, just an no, E that's, yeah. I mean people like, yeah people were texting me like yo like how mad are you I'm like dude I, like, I thought it, like, thought it was funny if anything like I really didn't you know I thought it was yeah. hilarious but yeah yeah, I definitely see how some people could be a little upset by it and mad but yeah, I just, you know, I think I when I saw Schwarz, how upset he was, I, you know, I think they just had take it in stride. staff, like, watching him at halftime, making sure he wasn't going to do anything crazy. And, <laughs> you know, he thought he was, he was just going to quit or something. So we had people watching him and just telling him it was all good, I think, helped ease ease his mind a little. So so go, going into your sophomore year, but I think your sophomore year for me was the first time where I – Watching that Villanova it was like, all right, this guy isn't only a a role player in college. This kid, like, he's a legit ACC level player. I think you averaged fifteen and a half points uh, your sophomore year and really came onto the scene. When when did you realize like during that summer? Because I mean, obviously, being hard workers is like, all right, like like you you want you think you're doing the right things, but when did you really realize in that summer or when that season started? Like, hey, like I can. 
I can score the ball at a high level in the ACC. Yeah, man, that kind of just, you know, that took time too. Um, I think that summer, I mean, you've worked out with GMAC too and how elite of it, how elite he is. And I think, you know, we kind of realized like I'm, you know, I'm 6'6 six, six, and, you know, as a two guard, that that's pretty, you know, pretty good, especially in the college level. You're not going to play many 6'6 six, six, two guards. You're a lot of times yeah. I'm playing 6'3, six, 6'2 six, guys. And, you know, I mean, I'm not going to be quicker, faster than anyone, but I can get to my spots. And I think really that summer we just worked on a lot of mid post stuff, backing him down and, uh, you know, going against him, just dummy defense and going against Beery and, uh, you know, little guards <laughs> and uh, just like work on different, different scoring, scoring out of there, using my pump fake, stuff like that. And I think also just, you know, the team needed me to step up that year. We had obviously Elijah Hughes, um, elite scorer but we kind of needed a second option that, that a guy that could score and you know playing with Marek who's so unselfish playing with you know a guy like Joe who can really shoot and opens up space for for me um that kind of helped and just you know I, I realized that summer was going to be huge for me so I think just you know we went at 7 a.m every day that summer was a great summer again in the gym lifting every day you know I think that was one of my best summers in terms of just working out every day spending time in the gym not having to worry about COVID or anything so that was that was a great summer for me and then you know start of the year was a little up and down and then I think once you know conference played a couple couple games in, had a couple big games in a row and that just got my confidence really going uh coming off screens just you know my mid-range game really took another step and I you know was just a spot up guy my freshman year and that was all I could do really I couldn't dribble yet my dad would tell me don't dribble and you know I, <laughs> I agree one game I got stolen from me and, you know, after the game, he said, never dribble again. And I said, All right. We'll I've see heard that. Yeah. I've heard that before. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. I've heard that before. So, so I was like, all right, you know, we'll keep just shooting threes till I can dribble again. And, you know, that next year uh, I had to take a step up and, you know, he kind of told me that going into the season. So just, I think just working on getting stronger and getting my mid, mid post game was big for me. Just utilizing my size real quick you mentioned your mid post game is that something you like targeted specifically that year because that like turnaround in the lane is like the most frustrating thing i've ever had to guard i'm like six foot but i mean you still give like every single defender in the acc like nightmares about patty you feel like you're patty. in front of you you feel like you're gonna block it and then all of a sudden it's through the bottom of the net so like is that a specific thing that you and gmac kind of identified or was it just yeah um, yeah something that developed over time yeah, we definitely, I mean, we worked on it a lot that summer. I, th I also think it just came naturally almost, like right. just being 6'6 six, six and having, you know, if I'm going against a guy like even you, like Joe. <laughs> yeah. Small, Joe, don't, don't hate the Joe either. Way, way too little. Yeah. Way, way too way little, too Patty. Little. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, you guys are quicker than you're going to beat me to the spot, so I have to be able to spin off and, you know, if I can yeah. just get into the lane a little and shoot over you guys, well, like, you know. What always shocked me too is like knowing how you play. I was always banking on you blowing by me and dunking it. So then when you would pull up and shoot to the mid range, I'd be like, "Wait, what's going on here?" Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I love, I love getting to, to the pull up, and you know, I'm not gonna dunk on anyone or, or finish on, you know, lay anyone. So just, you know, just from being in practice and going against, you know, good yeah. defenders and like, you know, respect to you, you're definitely the best. Yeah, there we go. One of the better defenders. Yeah. I give you a lot of credit. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, I know. I do. Yeah. You, you know, you definitely made no, me. I appreciate better. it. I always appreciate it. But uh, yeah, I mean, we had yeah. fun, fun battles, and you know, just yeah. 
I don't even know if they're, they're pretty one-sided. I don't know if I would call them battles, but I was always... You had your days. Yeah. So, buddy, the season ends, obviously, in COVID. Um, sophomore year, you guys are playing your best basketball as a team. Um, you guys beat Carolina by 30. Uh, you guys played a great game, and the season ends because of COVID. Talk about, in COVID, how you were able to get better and make that next jump into your junior year being the primary scorer, the primary... Uh, per- top guy in the scouting report t- 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 tell me tell us how you were able to make that jump even though COVID happened yeah uh I mean COVID was tough obviously you know you know us we play our best basketball at the end of the year um yep. time and time again and you know we beat Carolina by 30 and I mean it was just it was a dominant game everyone was saying they were going to win the ACC or make a run at it and we just you know we kill them and we're feeling good honestly you never know we can make a run but uh gets canceled and I mean honestly it, it was a it was a positive way to end the year. You know, I, you know, we were still a bubble team. We might not have made the tournament. So just to end it like that, you know, everyone was kind of in good spirits. And, um, you know, COVID was obviously tough. And uh, I'm just thankful to have a, you know, having a half court, you know, in your house is the greatest blessing a basketball player could ever ask for. So, you know, I said I better, you know, be working out every day and be ready because I don't know how long this is going to last, a month, two months, three months. But, when it gets somewhat normal again and we can play again, hopefully have a season, that's what I was really banking on was just working out every day. And, you know, that's when those one-on-ones went back with Jimmy and we play (laughs) every day. And, you know, the one person we were allowed to see was Eric Devendorf and he would come over and uh, we would play one-on-one. We would work out for about an hour and then play one-on-one for an hour and lift after that. And, and just, you know, we had a lot of great battles and just reminded me of old times. So, you know, in a time of craziness and just a lot of nothing going on, that was, you know, our piece and therapy to do that. And uh, I think that really, you know, I give a lot of credit to those two for, you know, especially Devo for just pushing us every day. And Devo can still hoop and he would beat us and talk his shit. And if we would win a game, the next game he was going to win. And there's no doubt about that. But uh, we had a lot of fun. And I think just doing that every day helped a lot. Keep me, you know, focus on basketball, keep me in playing shape. And then when we got back to workouts, just taking advantage of that. And uh, yeah, it was definitely, you know, it's a, a lot harder when you have more attention and being the main guy. And, you know, I would text Elijah like, man, you know, I miss, miss you here. Like, how did you make it look so easy? Because, you know, he's as good of a scorer I've ever seen and played with. And, uh, you know, he just gave me little tips here and, you know, just told me to let the game come to me. And that helped a lot and was able to, to make that jump and, you know, become even better as the year went on. Speaking of speaking of Devo, I worked out with Devo uh, a couple times, but the first time I worked out with him, I tell Patty this story all the time. We worked out for an hour and a half. Every and we worked on everything, everything, everything. Yeah, man. There was there wasn't a, there wasn't an aspect of the game we didn't work at. When I'm, when I'm talking about mid post, full court layups, thirty minutes of ball handling, shooting 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 on the move, shooting off of ball screens, shoot, like mid post moves. I'm, yeah. I'm saying hour and a half of everything. Just me and him in the gym. The first thing we started off was was ten court, ten full court layups. <laughs> oh yeah, no, like I tell my friends, like, because I, you know, I would get off the bus in seventh grade, and I would have to do that for an hour. Like right off the bus, three thirty, I would eat a snack, and I would do that for an hour every day. And like, well, I mean, like tears came down my face some days. Like I was like, I don't like, I I don't like. I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if that, this is all like, 
he will push you to limits that that you know you never knew you could yes. get to and i mean it helped me so much like i, I don't yeah. think i would have i would have been able to play at syracuse or got to the point i was without him you know this was before i was really working i started working out with gmac and sophomore junior year of high school but you know for four or five years i was working out with devo every day you know 300 days out of out of the year and every weekday we would get it and get it in and we'd play one-on-one -on -one after and he'd beat me 11-0 every game and you know he really <laughs> like and i would be crying a little and he wouldn't care and i'd be like like all right this guy's a psycho like he you know he's being up on yeah. a second grader and that's like i have yeah big brother forever he texts yeah. me after every game before every game um, you know, we've gotten so close and I love, I love Devo, you know, him and GMAC are like my big brothers and, you know, yeah, I mean, I tell my friends like this is these workouts are, you know, you're going to work on everything. You get, he's got the heavy ball now for ball handling. We'll do it. And, you know, he, he just loves basketball. That's what I love about him the most. Him and GMAC, like they're, they're as passionate about it as the person Obsessed working out. With it, yeah. They, wanna, yeah. they wanted to see me be better than almost than I wanted to see myself be they they we had that same level of passion and you know it made it fun and like you know I, I couldn't wait to work out with them every day Definitely. it's gonna kill me some days because you know they love it and they just want to see me be the best I could so I give those two you know probably the, the most credit for where, where I've where I've gotten along with obviously Ryan Kabilis in the weight room working out with him since seventh grade but mm -hmm. you know, if you're gonna work out with Devo be ready because it's gonna be you know, a little bit of everything, and you better you better be in shape because you know he's not gonna not gonna let up. He's he's the best. He's one of one for sure. Yeah, I mean that's not surprising. Like you see him playing the TBT like last year, he's still in phenomenal shape. Unbelievable. Oh, he's, he's still in yeah. great shape. He's crazy. He played today. I I mean he would he would go and play pickup at Mellow. Um, you know, when I was in high school, and he was probably you know. 20 20 late 20s and you you yeah. he was the best player on the court with you know right. some <laughs> nba guys on the court at the time or guys that yeah. would play professional for a long time and he was you know he's the best player on the court he's just he, he's you know he's unbelievable he's a machine yeah. so um, bud your, your, your junior year you guys end up getting into the tournament 11 seed playing your best basketball towards the end of the year lose a tough one to virginia Let's just – what kind of mindset were you in going into, like, those two games, getting the Qs back to the Sweet 16? I mean, you, you literally lit college basketball on fire, lit March Madness on fire. I mean, just, just talk about that week. Talk about that time in your life and just talk about, like, the mindset that you had during that time. Yeah, man, that was a crazy – you know, that was a crazy stretch. Um, definitely probably the best basketball I think I ever played just – you know, everything was going going for me. I just I was getting a rhythm right away, and it really started um, against Carolina two games before the end of the season. Played them, you know, I had about 20, 27, 26. Went, played Clemson. Had, you know, had seven about 17, 20, but we won both those games and had a lot of momentum going. I was playing my best basketball. Go to the ACC tournament, beat NC State by, you know, 15, 20, and they're, they were a really good team at the time. They were playing their best basketball. Um, I had another big game, and then we played Virginia. Right, hey, I got the game log here if you just want me to, to rattle them off. <laughs> hey, rat, rattle it off, Patty. Rattle, rattle it off. off. I want to hear right. No, I'm going to start with Notre Dame because you played well in that game. Oh shoot! Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh wait. wait. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was a crazy. Oh no! Hold on, I'm looking at this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm, I'm taking. I'm, I... You scram basketball guys. You can't trust those guys. 
we go to the ACC tournament, BNC State, play, play really well in that game. And then Virginia, we lose on a buzzer beater by Reese Beekman, who, who didn't make a shot that whole game until the last shot. Um, so, you know, I was living with that any day, but, you know, credit to him, tough shot. But, I mean, again, I think that was up until that point, that was probably the best game of my career. I think I had 31, um, you know, helped late, had some big buckets late, went to the free throw line late um, and just kind of helped get us, you know, to a chance to win that game. And uh, against an elite team, they were the best team in the league, the league that year and probably would have won the ACC if – had not they got COVID and had to got disqualified from the ACC tournament. So I think we had a lot of confidence as a team then, like, you know, we can, if we get in the tournament, it doesn't matter who we play. We're, it always works out for Syracuse in that zone. And, uh, you know, we got matched up with a team, San Diego State, who doesn't see the zone. They hadn't played us in six, seven years, and that was on a cruise ship. So, um, you know, they, they didn't know what to do against the zone. If you watch that game, it was, you know, I, I would, that was one of the few games I was like, they have no idea what they're doing. Like there's a couple of teams that you're playing. They don't know what they're doing. They really, they just passed it around and shot three. Struggle. It's just struggled. And yeah. I think the biggest thing for me was in all those games, I started out two for two, three for three. And that game, I think I was five for Cops. five to start and, you know, had an and one three. I think I had like 12 points at the first media. And um, I was just, you know, once that those first couple of shots went on, the first shot, I was really nervous. It was a deep, tough three. And when I made that contested, I was like, all right, you know, let's get going now. And uh, just felt like I couldn't miss a shot and, you know, went into half up 10, 12, and had you know, about 16 and a half. And then, you know, second half hit a, hit my first three in the second half um, over, you know, one of their bigger guys. And then just kept going, made a couple more tough ones. And then, you know, made a stupid one at the end of the shot clock. That was, uh, <laughs> that's when I was like, all right, like, you know, this is the craziest, you know, I remember going back to my hotel, like, geez, like that, did that really just happen? Like, I couldn't believe it. And, just a great moment. I mean, just getting back to the tournament, helping them, helping us win, and then, you know, beat West Virginia, another game where I actually probably should have had a lot more than I did because I remember I was one for seven at halftime. I had, you know, I think I had two points, and I was getting a lot of good looks, and I was like, I told the guys at halftime, like, you know, I'm I'm going to get going, guys. Like, I'm letting you down right now. Like, let's keep going. I think we were up, like, four or five, but they were coming back because we were up 15 early, and then the second half came, and obviously they came back, took the lead, and was able to make a couple big shots down the stretch. Um, got confident, got, you know, started talking a little. And I think it just kind of got everyone going a little and was able to close that. I'm game. a bucket. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the next day we're at, we're, at, we're, at, we're in the team meal room and my dad and Mark Fewer sitting together, Ethan, and my dad goes, buddy, don't, don't say that again. Don't say that again. Buddy, come on, man. You're sitting there like, yeah. I liked it. Like, I like it. Do it. Like, keep doing it. Yeah. And I was like, you know, appreciate it. But, uh, yeah, it was crazy. I mean, just after those two games. And Wait, real quick, can you, can you tell the first take story real quick? I know we're kind of crunched for time here, but. Oh, we're good. <laughs> That's actually a great story, yeah. So, yeah, the, the, like, the whole week's crazy. Melo sent me up, the, like, all these former Q's guys uh, just, you know, talking to a bunch of guys. I mean, I was talking to Kevin Durant before that, after one of the games. Wow. Jesus. On Instagram, wow. you know. Just dropping that subtly, like, oh, yeah, Clay, KD, whatever. Yeah, Clay's my favorite player <laughs> ever. So when I saw that, I was like, no way. And um, it was a crazy week. And then, you know, I'm 
getting breakfast one morning and uh, we're in the bubble and it's like 8.56 and, you know, our media guy, because uh, the night before he was talking to my dad about, you know, interviews and stuff and I was just eating right. like, all right, I hope, I hope like I'm not have to do any of these. And then the next morning he tells me I'm, I'm eating. He's like, I had bed head, like crazy hair. I hadn't, <laughs> I hadn't got a haircut in a while. I was just, you know, yeah. COVID and all that. And he goes, you know, you're going to, you're going to do the interview like that. And I'm like, like what do you what interview and he's like first take like Stephen a five minutes and i'm like like yeah, have you ever heard of it yeah. what are you talking about like <laughs> please like you're joking right and he's like no like i i told you and i'm like no you never told me nothing no text nothing pete Moore, man run up to my room <laughs> like put my head under the shower yeah. hour of my life probably under 15 seconds get out get back down it's like 901 we're starting i jump in the chair still look a little crazy but a little better and yeah talking with with Stephen a and max and you know molly and uh my dad it was pretty cool yeah it's i awesome. mean you did a great job i think i was watching that from my couch you did a great job oh appreciate it man <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was those zooms were fun but yeah, yeah. did you consider going to the draft at all after that year because your name was obviously smoking hot yeah did you consider it you know i really didn't um i i mean thinking about it, you know it was probably the best year to go um i mean after that run but i just you know i was so set on coming back and i always told myself i mean i never thought that that would ever happen like it really the yeah. question started during the tournament i was like like what like i didn't even up until that point i was like well, like like oh wow i guess there's a chance but i never even thought about it for a second and like people won't believe me but i never really thought about it playing in the mm -hmm. nba or anything so i was so sad on coming back when i and i knew jimmy was coming you know trying to get a guy like you was one of the biggest things in the off season and you know once i knew you guys were coming and what we had coming back like you know it was i thought it was it was our best team my best team potentially you know top one of the better teams probably my freshman year and that that team would have been right up there but um i couldn't wait and i think also it was a great group of guys like it was a group i wanted to be around hard workers good guys and uh i think it was you know even though it was a year that could have went a lot better probably should have we got some unlucky breaks and um you know we had all we were in every game and you know, i still think to this day it's i'll put that team up with any of the three other q's teams i played with and Definitely. Um, I mean, overall, I still had such a great experience with that team. And yeah, I definitely play some of those ending games and, you know, Wake Forest and a couple of missed calls here and there and some some shots that didn't go our way and went the other team's way. And, you know, that that's that would definitely haunt me for a while. But I think just the memories that I was able to make and the bonds like, you know, this team I'm going to talk with as more than probably any of the other teams I've been a part of and guys that I'll always be close with so you know it was, it was still a special group and you know i would wouldn't trade that group for anything yeah it's me and patty talk about it all the time just just the group that we had and like the games that, that that we that we had you know what i mean it's just so frustrating it's crazy man like you know the year before that we go to sweet 16 and we have a couple games like a lot of games go our way i mean notre dame we're down 20 Bryant should have beat us at the last second. They missed two shots to win the game. Um, you know, and it's just, that's how college basketball is. You know, a couple breaks go your way. Next thing you know, you're in the tournament and you win two games. It's a great year. And, you know, this this year we could have won seven games probably that, that we lost 
at least yeah there's probably one or two that we might have should have lost and we won but maybe one or two i can't even really think of you know georgia tech devoke that a game winner but mm-hmm. there's really it's not a, there's not you know there's there's i mean there's five six games right off the top of my head where we were we probably had, you know, by analytics, 90% chance to win with five <laughs> minutes, with less than five minutes. And, you know, it just, it didn't, it didn't go our way. And it's, you know, that, that will always be tough to think about, but I mean, the biggest thing is that every, you know, the guys gave, we all gave it everything we had. It was a group that didn't, you know, quit and everyone worked hard and, you know, you, Jimmy, I mean, Patty, even as a walk-on showed up to work every day. And I, you know, I always respect that. And, you know, I'm never going to, be you know upset about how it went because i mean i'll be upset about how it went but i'll always you know have the most respect for that team because we you know fought through it together and we tried to make it work every every way possible and then you know what i mean it's just the luck of our season you know what i mean it's just i thought we were playing our best basketball towards the end we lost a couple tough games to unc miami and i mean miami i thought was one of your best games of your college career and like t- talk about the emotions before that game. They they, they dropped a video, and I, I remember t- talking to you about this video. And honestly, I, I started getting a little emotional just watching the video because of just the the oh, career yeah. and 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 the things that you did in your career when no one thought it was possible. Right? Just talk about that moment. Talk about senior night going out with Jimmy and 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 your parents right there, and then putting on the performance that you did. I know we didn't. Just another one of our, our games that year. But just talk about just that 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 moment. Oh, man, yeah. Just, you know, I just – that moment, I mean, I think I was just, you know, a lot to be proud of, I think, and just more than anything, just thankful to, to have that experience. And, you know, I was, I was so in the moment that I wasn't really thinking about it much. I wasn't even tearing up at all. I think, you know, now looking back on it, like, man, I miss it every day I think about – those four years every day it was the greatest experience ever like you know I'm excited for what's next but you know I can say pretty confidently nothing will be playing at Syracuse for my dad with the guys I got to play with with the coaches that I got that watch me grow up like that's my life so I think you know now looking back I always be proud of that and and be happy I got to play at Syracuse and whatever I do from here on out, I want to accomplish a lot more but you know I think I'll always be thankful for those four years. And I mean, going into my freshman year, me and my dad talked about it at my, you know, exit interview, whatever you want to call it, just what it was going on next. You know, we were laughing because four years ago, we were like, you were saying, you know, just come in, work hard. And, you know, by your junior, <laughs> junior, senior year, you can maybe play, maybe you'll start your senior year and, you know, help us out, help us win games, but just work hard and we'll see what happens. And then, get a job and, and go from there. And, you know, and looking back on it, everything that I was able to do and yeah. just, I mean, the greatest part of it was the teammates I was able to have that and the coaches that they made it easier for me. Cause there were a lot of tough moments and tough, tough games. And everyone would, you know, a lot of people would blame me being the coach's son and this and that. And there's a lot of, <laughs> but my team every year, my teammates would be like, don't, don't listen to them. Just keep working hard. They always have my back. And, yeah, I'll forever be grateful for that because it could have easily went the other way. And, uh, yeah, I mean, just a lot of emotions now. Looking back on it, I'll remember it forever and be thankful for it. But, um, yeah, I mean, win or lose that game, it was obviously a heartbreaker. Um, I, you know, I was just – it was just meant a lot to just 
hold up that uniform because for 15 years I saw my favorite yeah. players, seniors, walk out there and do that and do those things. And, um, you know, I never really thought I would be out there and have that the career I was able to have. So uh, it was a it was a special moment. So I'll remember forever and I'll, you know, always cherish my time at Syracuse. It was the greatest ever. The other, uh, you're too humble to say this, but the other wrinkle of that game is that the listeners might not know, you, <laughs> you and Alondis Williams from uh, Wake Forest are battling for the scoring title for the last couple weeks of the ACC season. Wake Forest played Thursday or Friday, right? And he took the lead, and Buddy needed 29 points to win the scoring title and had 30 points, which was unbelievable. Yeah, and, it was actually crazy. Yeah. I didn't even know that, know anything about it. Yeah, GMAC told me that on the bench. He was locked in on it. That's that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I love GMAC. I love GMAC for that. That's my guy. But yeah, I saw Alondis that week at the ACC tournament. And he was just like, "Man, why do you have to do that?" Yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's a he's a great player, and yeah, it was it was pretty cool. It was kind of crazy how that worked out, and you know, I was just hoping I scored or had a good senior game. But yeah, it worked yeah. out. And, Another stat of, of Buddy uh, is that he led the country in ISO buckets. <laughs> That's not bad for a slow white guy. It's not. Yeah. Hey, <laughs> Patty, Patty, you can't feel bad now. You can't feel well, bad. No, I, I didn't feel bad to begin with, but yeah, it's it's an unguardable shot. It's three spins, go to the nail, shoot it right over your fingertips, and it goes in every time. Whap. <laughs> <laughs> every time. That was my favorite. I mean, that was my favorite year of practice too. Just, just the guys and oh, going good. you. Like I had, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> I appreciate you saying that. Hey, I can also say it was my it was my favorite year of practice that I had for basketball too. If I'm being honest, so. <laughs> my dad would my dad would come up to me and be like, you know, playing against Patty's gonna really help you. You know, he's he's tough, <laughs> play hard, and he's physical. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. He's he's actually. Yeah. A, a, Unbelievable. You guys always made it known to me, too. You're very appreciative, so thank you for that. Yeah, so, I mean, moving, like, obviously, postseason, start preparing for the NBA draft, it's like that's another thing that's like, oh, shit, like this is kind of reality now. So I asked Swider this last weekend, um, obviously as a New York guy myself now, what was kind of the process in, in your thinking with Jimmy as, as far as choosing Rock Nation and then ultimately making the move to Manhattan and, and spending pre-draft here? Yeah, that was the easiest decision for me, honestly, thankfully. Um, my agent, Drew Gross, went to Syracuse as a manager, watched, you know, knew me since I was in eighth, ninth grade, probably younger, middle school. And I was with Rock Nation for NIL uh, with Jack Overdyke, who also grew up, went to my high school. I knew really well and kind of crazy how that worked. And, you know, right away we wanted to, to sign with them and, the biggest thing was just, you know, figuring out what, what the pre-draft details would be. My dad wanted me to stay in Syracuse a little longer and kind of work out there um, with the guys there. But, you know, I was ready to get out and, and start something new, start a new chapter. And they, you know, they obviously had pre-draft workouts in New York City. Um, we all stayed in this in the same building where they have the, the Chris Brickley runs, that gym. So that was pretty cool. First couple of times yeah. there, like you know, LeBron's been in here. The best players, Carmelo, all those. Yeah, guys. it's the most popular gym on Instagram, like by far. Yeah. So I was like, all right, this is a good start. And me and Jimmy lived together. That was a very fun experience. You know, <laughs> the place was unbelievable. Yeah, place sixty fourth floor, one of the best views overlooking. You know, 
all of New York. Um, we had five, six other guys there, Ron Harper Jr. at Rutgers, Will Richardson from Oregon, Justin Lewis from Marquette, Tyson Etienne from Wichita State. And, you know, we just got super close. We spent, you know, three months together. It was four workouts a day, start at seven, go till 3.30. And then you have nights to, you know, get food and just watch TV. We'd play poker, you know, every couple of nights and have fun and, you know, take Jimmy's money. And he'd complain that he, <laughs> he hadn't, he didn't get a good hand for two weeks. He couldn't get any yep. cards. Sounds about right. He would fold before the like the first Annie bet. Like he wouldn't, <laughs> put, he wouldn't even put one chip in, and we'd be like, "Really, Jimmy?" And it's just it, you know, it was it was fun. It, it was uh, my first time away from home really since you know the one year I did at prep school in New Hampshire. But it was my first real time away, and being doing it with him made it uh, you know fun and easy. And then traveling to fifteen, I think I did fourteen pre draft workouts. So I went to fourteen different cities and worked out uh, for different teams and then went to the GOE combine, which, which went well. And, you know, I think when I did my Detroit workout, it was probably my sixth or seventh workout. It was my best workout. You know, I didn't, you know, I shot it unreal. Um, just shot, shot really well. It was probably my best workout. And after that, I was like, you know, I want to, I want to end up here somehow, some way. I don't care if I get drafted, if it's whatever I would, this is where I want to go. And it felt right. And, talking to Troy Weaver and coach coach Casey after with them too, you know, it just, it felt right. And I really wanted to end up there and it, thank goodness it worked out and uh, draft night comes that have, you know, my friend, you're up there, Patty and yeah. <laughs> Jimmy and a lot of our friends growing up. It was, it was crazy. I mean, you know, I remember that night, Kai Feldman, one of my good friends, another great walk on, you know, you two are one A one B probably. And he, it's up to me and he's like like dude five years ago like we would laugh if, if this is where we were at right now yeah, it's crazy you know he was asking me if i thought any draft i was like you know i don't know and he just said that and i was like yeah you're right like this is kind of wild and you know found the news celebrated at a great time um great great night and yeah then then right to summer league but that, that pre-draft process was great for me just you know kind of how the season ended everything just having a reboot refresh and right starting this next journey I think I needed it and just fell in love with the grind again I mean I was working out every day all day and you know I, I remembered how much I loved it and it was just great to to do that and you know I, I really loved it but now I'm out in Detroit and, and making the most of it and just you know seeing what where the next journey will go and uh yeah I'm, I'm excited for it and you know having fun already no, that's awesome man so one of the things that me and you have talked about before is like uh, there's a lot of teams that might have a better record than us at you know what I mean for this year for Syracuse. But talk about how like the stage at Syracuse with I tell people all the time you know what I mean not to throw any programs under the bus but Providence has their best year in program history. They don't have any guys get a two way or drafted. Villanova goes to the Final Four. They don't. They have one two way Colin Gillespie who who I love. You know what I mean. Um, but me and you on draft night, the stage of Syracuse, I think, kind of prevailed prevailed for us. So t kind of just talk about that, the dome, uh, and everything everything that, that you think the ACC and Syracuse kind of brings. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't I wasn't surprised in the least that that you got a two way also. Um, I mean, the way you ended the year. I mean, we both. I feel like personally, we end the year always better. We had a great you know 
not even second half after the first five, six games we got going and we kept working, we worked through it and there's no surprise to that. So I wasn't surprised. I mean, I knew when you got to your workouts, you were going to fry people and it was going to be a nightmare. I'm happy I wasn't at one of yours. <laughs> Darn a six, nine shooter, elite shooter is not fun, especially in one of those workouts. I couldn't imagine. So, you know, I knew I wasn't surprised when, you know, Jimmy, I was asking Jimmy about you telling me you're having great workouts and doing second workouts. And I'm like, oh, yeah, he's going to get a two way at least. So I was I wasn't surprised about that. And then just how you finished your season shooting 40 percent from three. Uh, you know, the thing the thing I loved about it, too, is you know, my dad loves shooters and he loves guys that can put the ball in the basket. And that's what you do as well as anyone at six, nine. And uh, I think the stage is great and that the stage is big. But, you know, the best thing about playing for my dad is he lets guys do what they do best. And, you know, he's going to put you on the floor to do that. He's not going to have you do something you can't do or put you in tough tougher situations like he made it easy for me to score and you know same with you he had you coming off screens and you know whatever it was having you opposite corner just where you can get your shots off get in the lane get to your post game and we were able to really thrive and I think we both had great years and uh regardless of the record and that's you know playing at Syracuse too and that I think that helped also obviously that name and the pros that they've been able to produce and you know two elite shooters it's hard to pass up on that um that's you know the NBA needs that now they don't need guys that can dribble and do all that stuff they need guys that can space the floor for for you know stars and big time players and make shots when they get the, the ball and get their chance so I think, you know, it was hard not to pass up on two really good shooters. And, you know, I think we're going to keep surprising a lot of people. And for sure, I already know I'm rooting for you. And uh, always fun. 100%. I mean, one, one thing I always say about Coach Beheim is that, like, the amount of confidence that he gives his players, right? And it's, yep. it was just unbelievable for me this year, you know what I mean? Just being a part of, of what, I mean, I, I say it all the time. You're, your dad saved my career playing playing with you guys just how my career i mean i was crying when when i gave my final speech with syracuse just just how much it meant to me um but yeah just 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 wrap up the interview here like what, what would you say your goals are for this year you know what i mean me, me and you are in peculiar situations on two ways you know what i mean we have no idea kind of what to expect but if you have some goals what, what are some goals you have for this upcoming year with detroit i mean yeah well like, definitely i think I mean, my role switched again, you know, from going from having to do some things with the ball, do more things. I'm also now, you know, I'm kind of just running the floor, making shots, spacing the floor when I get it, you know, maybe pump fake, go to the rim, make a play. But, you know, they, they love getting up and down at here, you know, just from what I've seen, getting to the corners, they, they look for corner threes. And I think just becoming an elite shooter, I want to definitely shoot at least, you know, I want to shoot 40% from three. I think I, I have to do that to be able to stick and have a chance of playing on, you know, the Pistons for sure. Want to do that with the, the motor, the crews. Um, as if I start out with them, whatever the case may be for G league, but shoot the ball extremely high rate for them. And, you know, I'm not, don't really have any goals with the Pistons. I obviously want to, you know, make my way up and try to get on the roster and make my way up to help. Cause I think I can just seeing, you know, just being an elite shooter. I think every team could use that. And I think the Pistons could use that. You know, we, we have some really good shoes. Isaiah livers is a really good shooter and has helped me, but you know, there's, there's room definitely for shooting and always will be. So I think just working on my defense every day, getting better, and then just being in the best shape possible. I, I think that's the biggest thing. And, you know, it's a, it's a big change. You're on your own now. So I think staying motivated, staying focused is probably going to be the biggest thing, just having that same motivation. You know, now I'm out of Syracuse. I always had that motivation there. I was 
playing for my dad, playing there. And now, you know, it's the next step and just finding that love again, finding out, you know, playing at the highest level. It's it's definitely, you know, going to be hard and going to be a lot of obstacles, but I think I've faced a good amount of adversity to be able to try to make it work. And my, you know, I'm, hopefully I'll have a long career in the NBA. That's the goal. And, you know, probably no one thinks that, not many people, but it's nothing new. So I'm just going to take it day by day. That's really my biggest thing. And whatever happens, you know, I'm going to give it everything I have. So that's all that matters. Yeah, me and you both, bro. I mean, like, like we continue to do what we've done. You know what I mean? Obviously, you just keep on working hard, and I, the hardest workers always rise to the top, right, Patty? Oh, 100%. I mean, you guys have done that. You've proved everyone wrong to this point, so I mean, you gotta keep going. So, well, I just want to say thank you, Bud. It's been an amazing podcast. Yeah. Obviously, hearing your story again. I mean, even. Even being as close as we were last year, just hearing your story again just just motivates me and just yeah. just, just th- thanks for coming on and obviously Patty, obviously Patty, Jake, Adam, we all appreciate you coming on and uh, that was a, that was a great episode. Yeah, but I think perfect inaugural guest. Uh, you got to come back on whenever we ask you to now. But uh, maybe, maybe we could maybe we could plan some sort of like joint Beheim, do a little do a little draft or something. It's tough because Jimmy's ten hours. It's tough, man. He, it's like 1 a.m. <laughs> it's like 2 a.m. right now. Yeah, it's insane. He's probably up watching but, uh, the Bills. I guarantee he's watching the Bills right now. No, he is. He definitely is. This will be the time. But we'll figure but, uh, that out for sure. I've, yeah, I've absolutely. You guys, as always, Q's family for life. You already know. Yep, sir. We'll be in touch no matter what. And, yeah, I can't wait to watch you all. So, Cole and Patty. Keep updating us. We won't talk about your records last week, but – from now on, let let us know. Yeah, definitely. No, I'll be doing weekly updates. So, yep. Yes, sir. Appreciate right. you, Appreciate bud. Appreciate it, bud. Appreciate you guys. Hey, uh, that was that was obviously a great interview with Buddy. Really appreciate for him coming on. Um, and we just have more in store for you guys coming up next week. Really, really great guest next week. We're really excited to introduce you to. And um, I, I just thought Buddy was a great, great first guest to have. Yeah. No, I, I mean, like we said at the top, just. just felt like that was perfect um you know in a lot of ways didn't even really feel like an interview it was just a conversation going back and forth um hopefully he comes back on i think we got to make the Bayheim episode happen with him and jimmy oh definitely definitely i i that might be yeah. a four-hour conversation though yeah at least might be a four hour do a draft or something figure yeah. it out um but yeah no thanks again to buddy it's perfect so like i said this uh this episode will be on all all platforms and we're, we're excited to keep on going with the podcast uh, uh yeah we got a uh, spotify apple music all that i keep i sound like a broken record but uh my producer's telling me to say follow us on all platforms instagram twitter swider show at gmail submit some questions so um yeah i mean we're just looking forward to next week Gonna launch some guests just like we did this week, Swider. I feel like that worked out. Get the people going, get them clamoring for the guests on social media, and then um, you know put up a graphic with who we're gonna be talking definitely, to. Definitely, so. definitely. And uh, last but not least, let, let's give a quick update on the men's league, the, ho- <laughs> the Hoop City. This is, I thought we could, I thought we could store this at the end. Yeah, the Hoop City men had a tough week. Um, not gonna go into too much. De- I mean, I'm not an excuses guy, but we were missing our best player. My older brother was not there. He was not in attendance. He had a work event. So, um, yeah, we play again tomorrow night. Uh, yeah, we lost by, like, about 45, 50 points last week. wasn't great. A lot of big guys. So, um, yeah, I mean, 
moving forward, hopefully it goes a little bit better. I, I'm a little rusty, to be honest with you. Definitely. But Definitely. Yeah. Well, uh, obviously, thank you guys for tuning in again. Uh, really really yep. just excited to keep on going and excited for this next guest coming up. Yep. Thank you, guys. See you. See, See you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality. What's up, everybody? Thank you guys for tuning in. We really hope you enjoyed this week's show. To find out who will be joining us next week, make sure you're following us on all social media platforms, at Swider Show on Instagram, at Swider Show on Twitter, and at Swider Show on TikTok. We also recently developed our very own YouTube page, www.youtube.com slash at Swider Show, and subscribe. You can send in a mailbag question to be featured on the show, Show at gmail.com and of course if you haven't already make sure to turn on those notifications so you never miss an episode week to week Cole Swider Show with Patty Casey is presented by Blue Wire Podcast and our executive producer is Adam Lewis Swider Show is created by Cole Swider Patty Casey and producer Adam Lewis all rights reserved thank you guys we'll see you next week